Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. This morning, we continue a series we kicked off last week. It's kind of our New Year's theme sermon series called Fresh Air. Talk about, you know, breathing in fresh air and how rejuvenating a breath of fresh air is. You know, when we opened up the worship service and talked a little bit about the Poland mission trip, you know, as a side note, one of the like fringe benefits of going on that trip, it's up in the mountains of southwest Poland, and it's just fresh air. You breathe in that fresh air. You know, if you've ever gone outside the city, ever gone into the mountains, maybe not Poland, but Colorado, you know, and you breathe in that fresh air, it just, it's, it just rejuvenates you. Or if you're there at the beach, you know, maybe mountains is not your place, but it's the warm beach, and they breathe in that fresh ocean air, and it just kind of revitalizes and refreshes you. So as we do that, we talk about fresh air and how the good news of God, God's love for you, for me, for the world, refreshes us. It rejuvenates and revitalizes ourselves. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the gift of your amazing grace and love for us in your son Jesus. Bless us, we pray, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. All right, 22. You got that? 22. 22 days until Valentine's Day. So if that needs to be on your radar, guys, you know you got 22 days to figure out what you're going to get. 22 days to get a bunch of those little cards if you got little kids so they can, you know, write, you know, be my Valentine and stick a sucker or a candy in there and put it in everyone's box. 22 days, you know, to order, you know, the flowers or the candy. 22 days to express love for your mom or your grandma or whoever it is you're going to express love for. We talk about 22 days. Did you know that 40% of all Valentine's candy consists of these things right here? You know what these are? Yeah, you know, the conversation hearts, you know, the, 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 the conversation hearts that, you know, have these little messages on there like, be mine, you know, I love you, you're cute, and, and, and all these great messages that you can share. These, these conversation hearts, which originally are called model hearts, were created in 1866 by Daniel Chase. And there are like 45 different messages of love. These 45 messages of love, and, and, and these candies here, these, you know, messages of love that in the six weeks leading up to Valentine's Day, there are eight billion of these candies. Eight billion messages of love. Eight billion, you know, words of be mine, I love you, you know, you're the cutest, you're the best. Eight billion, which means that is like 13 million pounds, by the way, of demonstrating love. How will you demonstrate love? Well, as we talk about, you know, how you and I demonstrate love, we got to begin with the one who demonstrates love to us, to our creator God, who demonstrates love to us in Jesus. In fact, that's what we heard. Micah was the one that read the scripture for us this morning. And those words of Paul, this letter to the, wrote to the Christians in Rome. These worshipers, these believers in Jesus, this Christian community writing to, as he did so often, to encourage and challenge them. 
Romans 5 is a great passage. You know, if you've got something else to do today, you know, you can squeeze in Romans 5, read it. If you have nothing else to do today, read Romans 5. It's a great passage. And we're going to land especially on verse 8 here. And let's read this together. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. This demonstrates God's love for us. See, God did not send us, you know, conversation hearts, you know, saying, I love you. Oops, be mine. You know, you're the best. You're wonderful. You know, God's message to us is a message to us in Jesus. And, you know, as we think about Valentine's Day, often we want to buy something for somebody because we, we love them or we want to maybe let them know that we love them. We want to express that. God's love for us is expressed in his son, Jesus Christ. And God, as Paul says, demonstrates that love for us, not because we deserve it, not because we earn it. God demonstrates that love for us. Paul describes us here as sinners. And a little further back in verse 6, Paul talks about who we are, who you and I, every human being that has ever existed, who we are. The first thing that he says about us is that we are powerless. You and I are powerless. Have you ever been powerless before? You know, powerless, you know, is weak, incapable, unable. You know, maybe you had those moments when you were unable. Have you ever had like a bad back injury and you're just lying there, unable to move? You know, I've had that sometimes where it's like, I just can't move. Or you're so sick that you're unable to take care of yourself. Maybe you think, well, I've never been powerless before, but I guarantee you there was a point in all of our lives where we were dependent on somebody else to take care of us, to feed us, to clean us, to change our diapers, you know, to show us love. And Paul says, you know, we are powerless to do anything to earn God's love. Not only are we powerless, a little further in verse 6, he says, you know, we are ungodly. He says, you know, somebody might die for, you know, a good person. And what Paul is saying is, we're not good people. I mean, we might be good, but we're not really good. We are ungodly. And, and the language that Paul is using here is a word that means incomplete. It means, you know, a failure to respect. I'll give you an example of what this is like. I don't know, it, who's your favorite artist? Maybe some of you don't have a favorite artist. My favorite artist, Vincent van Gogh. I've loved Vincent van Gogh since I was a kid. I love the, just the dynamic colors and the thick, you know, paint that he has there. You know, and one of the things I wanted to do, talk about Poland again, is because we've gone through Amsterdam so many years that I've never been able to go to the Vincent Van Gogh Museum. I really want to go there. A number of years ago in Kansas City, though, they had a couple of Van Gogh paintings, and I just stood there and just marveled at this masterpiece. It just, you know, it just seemed like it's so much honor and respect for such great artwork. Imagine, though, if I was there and I pulled out of my bag a can of spray paint, it went, added my own little, you know, James to it. Yeah, some of you are shaking your heads like, no, don't do that. You can, you're probably getting a lot of trouble, yes, but you know, that doesn't show respect to a master artist, to something that is just worthy of a lot of respect and has so much value to it. And so Paul says that we are ungodly. What it's really saying is, you know, we fail to show respect to our creator God, who is a master artist. He's the one that, you know, artistically created this world, and we are even called, Paul writes in Ephesians, his masterpiece. We are powerless, we are ungodly, and then here in verse 8, we are sinners. What does it mean to be a sinner? Well, the language that Paul is using here is one that you may be familiar with. It means to miss the mark. 
So think of like, you know, a dartboard. Or if you're doing, you know, a bow and arrow, pulling that back and letting the arrow go, you know, to nail it means to get what? Oh, come on, you guys. Let's get a bullseye. And like, you, know, you need some more coffee. Come on. You need to get, get a bullseye. Now, so the idea is that, you know, if we were going to earn God's love, if we were going to deserve God's love, we'd have to get a bullseye each and every time we shot that arrow through that dart, fired that rifle, every time we get a bullseye. Every moment of our life, we'd have a bullseye. I don't know about you, but if I assess my life with my words and my actions and my thoughts, even if you don't know those words and actions and thoughts, I can guarantee you I have not had a bullseye every moment of my life. More often than not, I'm off just a little bit. Sometimes more than a little bit. Powerless, ungodly sinners. This is who we are, Paul says. And it is this moment, even in we are deep in our sin and our rebellion against God, that God demonstrates his love for you and for me. God's amazing grace and love. And I think that's something we need to hear so often because so often I think we hear about God's love, especially if we've grown up in the church, maybe because, you know, we go to like Lutheran schools, you know, we've been through confirmation classes. That, I, that, that phrase, God loves you, or even the song, if you remember singing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, it goes in one ear and right out the other ear. Have you ever had that happen before? Either, you know, if you're a parent, or we've all been kids and teenagers, you know, um, sometimes it goes in one ear and right out the other ear. I didn't say husbands, but that's the way I am sometimes. In one ear, right out the other ear. You know, God loves you. And we say that again and again, and yet so often it goes in one ear and right out the other ear. God loves you. God loves the world. We hear that in the words of John 3.16. And Jesus says, God loved the world this way, that he gives his only son. So here's the truth. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God gives us his love. God leaves no one out of his love. Just think about that for a moment. God leaves no one out of his love, not you, not me, not anyone. This is a message that we need to continually hear. We need to be continually reminded of God's love for us, his love for you, a love that he demonstrates in sending his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to rise from the grave. But, you know, I think often when we hear this phrase, you know, and, and again, you know, this is something we're probably familiar with, at least this kind of concept, is we sometimes treat it like what happens when somebody sneezes. And somebody says, achoo, you say what? Yeah, bless you, or God bless you. And do you really mean that? No, maybe you do. But most often, it's just kind of a reactionary phrase, Right? And sometimes I think we treat that phrase, that idea that God loves you the same way. And God loves us. God loves us not some kind of, you know, candy romantic love, you know. Ooh, look at that one there. It says love. Not with roses and cards and other special gifts. God loves us in sending his son Jesus. God loves us by he himself becoming flesh and dying on the cross. 
And this is something we need to hear again and again because it's so easy for us to dismiss it and to disbelieve that God loves me. Sometimes we don't believe it because you're like, well, what do I really need to do? I'm pretty good. I hit the mark most of the time. More often than not, we know we don't hit the mark. We think God really loves someone like me. My life has got problems. It's got things going on. God must not love me. So we need to hear this again and again. God loves you. And I love what Martin Luther says. Martin Luther, you know, may know Martin Luther. Guy who lived about 500 years ago. You know, German monk and professor. The guy that nailed 95, you know, words of debates on the doors of church in Wittenberg. He says these words here. I preach the gospel to my people every week because they forget it every week. Every week. We need to hear again and again, God loves you. Because that love shapes our lives. You know, we kicked off this series as we looked at 1 Corinthians, and Paul talked about running the race. You know, and he says, you know, I don't run, you know, just run aimlessly, you know. I, I, I don't like box and boxing at the air. I, I've got intentionality to what I do. And he compares this faith journey that we are on about being intentional, about intentionally living in God's love. The same idea here is that we live in God's love. And that's what our, our, our vision is all about at Holy Savior, about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And growing in Jesus means growing in his love. Growing in what that love means for us, that our sins are forgiven. That yes, someday heaven will be our home, but also that we have a God who cares for us and loves us right now, no matter how many times we've been ungodly, no matter how many times we've missed the mark, no matter how powerless we are. God loves you. And God calls us to express this love in faith to all others. As we talk about, you know, sharing Jesus' love, making a difference in the lives of people in our community and our world, we do that as we express God's love for others. Now, sometimes that's really easy to do, isn't it? To express love to someone. Sometimes it's not so easy. You've got people in your life, I'm sure, like i got people in my life that are really easy to love and some that are, well, not. Now, think about sports again and, and Paul's you know, metaphor for running. The Boston Marathon. Anyone ever run in the Boston Marathon? I know some of you have run in marathons before. The Boston Marathon, there's a part of the Boston Marathon that's called Heartbreak Hill. You know Why? If you've ever gone running before, whether you run because you love to run or run because some big bear is chasing after you or a dog or something like that, you know, if you were running up a hill or if you do crazy things like I do sometimes, so I was running on a treadmill, like number 15, and you're running like this here. After a while, you start to run, you're like, because, <gasps> you know, it's just hard. It's one thing to run on a flat ground. It's a whole other thing to run uphill. When we talk about trying to love someone, especially someone that is, well, difficult to love. Someone that has sinned against us, that has hurt us, that has wronged us, that has offended us, that has caused us pain, that is different than us. Sometimes to love them, it feels like we're running up heartbreak hill. And we just want to, you know, give up. That God calls us in his love to keep going. To love and to live in his love. You know, and we mean... And we, may not ever get to the point where we can really truly love them the way that we know God wants us to love them. 
We can want to love them like God wants us to love them. We can ask God to help us love and forgive them just as we have been loved and forgiven by God. And we can know that they are lovable just like we are lovable. Not because they earn it or deserve it. Not because we earn it or deserve it. But because God gives it. Because God leaves no one out of his love. God's first move toward us, to you and to me, is love. And he calls us and invites us to live in his love for us in Jesus. So a challenge as we go out into this new week is this. How will God's love move in your life this week? How will God's love move in your life? Maybe, you know, you're going to write a sticky note up there saying, God loves me. You know, you're going to start your day every day singing that song you may have learned as a kid just so you can hear those words, Jesus loves me, this I know. Maybe it's, you know, on that sticky note, a note in your Bible, a reminder on your phone, that like, I'm going to learn to love this person. And it may be challenging, and may not get there, but I'm going to learn to want to love them as God has loved me. God's love is a love that changes everything. And it changes you and me for today, for tomorrow, forever. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing grace and love for us in Jesus. Bless us, we pray in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.